0: Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed. I'm your host, Joshua C. Berglund, and we are live right now on the LiveMana Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, powered by E360 TV. And if you're wondering where you can find our network, just download the E360 TV app on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire. You can go to org, which is right there on the, below the screen. And uh, look, I'm grateful for you to be here. Uh, I am sweating right now because... <laughs> you can see a screen behind me, and uh, I was trying to hang it up and get it to stay. So I'm like, pouring down sweat, my heart's beating fast, and uh, I may have embarrassed myself in front of the guests, but nonetheless, I am blessed to be here, excited to be here to share an absolutely remarkable story. Uh, I had the opportunity to talk to our guests for a few minutes the other day, and I was like, she's got to be on Gratitude on Filtered remix. So I'm absolutely honored uh, to have our next guest. This is going to be a lot of fun. If you're watching on social media, uh, please like, subscribe, wherever you're at, share this out with friends, tag a friend. But of course, we are grateful for all of you who are watching on the Live Mono Worldwide Multimedia, Multimedia Broadcast Network or E360 TV. So God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Let's have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only. Karima Amorty. Did I say Amorty correct? You did. You did. How are you? you
1: said it perfectly. <laughs> How
0: are you today?
1: I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. And it was <laughs> so entertaining watching you try to get that screen up. I'm telling you.
0: Ours, <laughs> well, I couldn't find my longer nails and I'm experimenting with something. So hold on camera. Wait, hold on. So if you see me doing this, I'm not waving at you, by the way. It's my camera. (laughs) And so there's this space right here that we're getting ready to do a green wall, like a green screen. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, with green screens, you can animate and you can do all these fun stuff. So it's been pretty amazing. Uh, The Lord blessed us with this place. And just to see it kind of come to life. I mean, I, you know, speaking like childhood vision was to always – all I ever wanted to do was have a talk show and be a QVC or HSN host.
1: I remember and, you saying it uh, the other day.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very real. I mean, I, I love it. Uh, the idea of pitching products is something I, I, I mean, I've enjoyed it when I've been able to do it for different companies, but never QVC yet. Um, yeah, exactly. And then the talk show dream came true. Um, and then just to see like starting from a phone to now having our own network. I mean God is just amazing like that. Um and he makes our dreams come true. It's just never the way we exactly <laughs> imagine it. So, nonetheless, not enough about me. What are you grateful for today?
1: Wow, the first thing I'm grateful for that for salvation. I'm Ooh. so glad that God chose me. I mean Ooh. oh my goodness, there's nothing better than I mean I'm I'm grateful for waking up, but Waking up without salvation is really not worth it. But waking up knowing that you're saved and you're gonna spend eternity with God in heaven, that's like, that's the most thing that I'm always grateful. Literally, I do this challenge every 30 days to myself to wake up and say, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so that's like what I do, that's my thing. And I'm always encouraging people to wake up with gratitude because it definitely shifts your atmosphere. So I'm very grateful for the show. I'm grateful for my life, my husband. I'm grateful to be on this podcast or this this actually talk show with you. I'm also grateful to watch you put up a screen and see that I'm not the only person that's trying to perfect things right before I start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I forgot was. ooh, what is that noise? Hold on. I love when that happens. Let's see if it goes away. All right, you gone away? You still hear me? Okay.
1: Yeah, I see. You, I hear you fine. I, I don't hear anything else besides. All
0: you. right, good. Um, I, I, I forgot when it was, but I think it's probably about two years ago. I learned about being a good steward, and and then doing things in excellence, and it, it's it's biblical, you know. And and I can't say. I remember when I was a junkie, my my ex mother-in-law used to say to me, she was like, I can tell how you feel about yourself by the way your garage and your car looks. And I was like, it never really hit me or had an effect until I gave my life to the Lord and I started hearing do things in excellence and be a good steward of what you do have. Um, so that God, if you can take care of a little or you can be responsible for a little, then God will give you much. Um, and so I really, really, even though I would get frustrated with not having all the best equipment or not having the best of anything, I did find a way to try to make it be the best that I could be. So even though it wasn't everything I wanted, I could show God that I was willing to do it in excellence, even when I didn't have all that I wanted. And it's one of the best disciplines that I've ever learned because it's changed Well, for one, the the thing I didn't expect to happen, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I quit feeling like I needed to have all this other stuff I didn't have and just really got grateful for everything I did have. And when God wanted to upgrade me, he was going to upgrade me, but I was good with everything that I had now. What are your thoughts on that?
1: man joshua almost like you're my twin brother which is different colors <laughs> and the spirit because that is who i am i'm always saying you do the best you can with what you have because that prepares you for what the uh, the next best god never mm-hmm. gives you what you can't have what you want he gives you what you can handle and if you can't handle the small, you can definitely not. People think, oh, when I get a million dollars, I'll tie. But when I get a million, if you don't tie about for 100, you you'll never tie about for a million. And if you don't do excellent with the small, you'll never do excellent in the large. So you have to use excellence is not a price. Excellence is a mindset. And so once you get that mindset that you do excellence in everything to your ability, and then the next level automatically opens up. It doesn't have a choice. It has to. So I 1,000% agree with you on that
0: where did you get that attitude when do you feel like for you i don't think we're born this way i think it's something that we learn when for you did you learn the importance of gratitude and applying it to your everyday life
1: now gratitude i think for me it's a everyday. i've learned it you know you grow up knowing about it but until you actually make it a lifestyle then you really can't understand the level that you can get to in gratitude. I was talking to someone earlier today, and I was just saying, when you are appreciative of every little thing, you know, I just got married again after, you know, being, you know, both of us have been married, it's our second time, both our second marriages, and you can pray for something. I'm sure you pray for a wife or wanted something great for your life. And then when you get them, you're all happy, and then life happens, and then you start to thinking, Oh, you start finding fault. And then you have to go back and say, wait a minute, isn't this the very thing that I prayed for? Is it? And so oftentimes we don't feel gratitude for the very thing that God has given us that we ask for. It just, it just, it just, I know something has back, I'm mean, Just like for us as people, we don't want to be around ungrateful people. How many of us no. like to be around people that are ungrateful? So how much more God? So for me, learning gratitude is a continual process sometimes we think gratitude means the big things. But I mean, I'm grateful for the fact that I have a computer to talk to you with, uh, that I have a home. You know, so many things that we we wake up, nothing's working, but we woke up, nothing's working. This job, but I have one. Uh, Oh, this, 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 this commute, but you have a car. You know, it's like so many things we forget. And so for me, me, is just that in every single, God says in all things give thanks, thanks. So this is something that I'm learning daily, Joshua, is to stop waiting for the big things to happen, but to be grateful in the moment. And as I continually do that, the things that God does in my life and my husband and I life, it's, been, it's just like been crazy because we are grateful for where we're at in that moment.
0: So COVID has struck every everyone I know a little bit differently for you this COVID season, I would say that it's a season that's lasted two years. What has been the biggest, shocking, surprising blessing that has come out of COVID for you?
1: God wasn't surprised and his answer was still yes and amen.
0: (laughs) It's perfect, keep going.
1: He he wasn't surprised. Um, the the, 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 the the goals and the visions that he gave my husband and I at the beginning of twenty twenty didn't change because COVID came. And for those that caught that, we had the best year and i'm not saying this to dismiss anybody's hardship but we had a really good year during COVID because we decided that god wasn't shook up or he wasn't surprised and we didn't catch god by surprise therefore if he told us to do these things then we're going to continue to move forward on them and we did and we watched god show up in a way that just blew up people's mind who didn't who who actually listened to the news i didn't listen to the news i listened to god um, because mm-hmm. of the reality mm-hmm. is that He wasn't, Heaven wasn't shaking and like, oh my God, COVID. No, they, they knew it was going to happen, yet He still told you to do those things He told you to do. And so I trusted the vision and I we, we trusted God's word through us. Um, and we moved forward and we saw, <laughs> we had a good year in 2020. I'm not even going to lie. I hate <laughs> to say that. And then I feel bad for people who didn't catch it. But to those of us on, that caught that vision and recognized that God's word is true in season and out of season. It's true inside of COVID, outside of COVID. It's true even when things get worse because according to scripture, it will, God's word is still true. And so we trusted that. And that's what I found out that God wasn't shook up. He wasn't moved and he still is blessing. He still is prospering people even in the midst of COVID. You're,
0: you're, you're preaching what I I, it, it, COVID was the best blessing of my life. My um, God! It was. I met the woman of my That's dreams, funny. God restored me, my family. Um, I, all the projects that I had felt and seen that I was supposed to create and do, all came to be. Um and in the season where most people did nothing and maybe drank themselves or pulled themselves to death or sat around and did nothing and collected checks or whatever, we got to create, we got to sow all over the place. And it has been amazing. It's not to say there wasn't difficulties, of course there was, um, it, and there were scares too. But God's promises don't change regardless of what we see here on this earth. Um, but that's also God's God also promises that he's going to kick some butt pretty soon. too. <laughs> so, I mean, all of it's true. Like, it's not just the good stuff. There's bad stuff going to happen, too. And all that's true. But God is still good through all of it. And he told us he told us what to expect. And I And I often think when people act surprised about what's happening in the world, I'm like, have you not been paying attention to the Bible? Like, aren't you a I preacher? I Have you read your Bible? <laughs> you're a preacher. Come on. Like, <laughs> you know what? You should know what's happening. You should be telling your flock about it instead of yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're doing. Anyway, that's a whole other wormhole. I'm really happy to hear that answer because that means that you're set up really well for the, the what we're coming into, the new world that we're coming into, and. That's exciting. Like, I don't, I look, I do have a habit of posting some pretty shocking things from time to time. Um, it's not to be shocking, it's just because it's part of God's word and it's true. And we need to talk about this. We need to be aware of it. Non believers need to go. You want to mock the Bible and say that man corrupted it? Maybe man did. But you know what? You can't read the Bible without the Holy Spirit anyway. And when I read the Bible with the Holy Spirit, it right. shows me things of what to be ready for and how to be prepared for this. There are no surprises, everything that's yeah, happening yeah. right now. So some of us kingdom people, true kingdom people, not the people selling courses, but true kingdom people are set up <laughs> for all that's coming. Right. We, we're in practice cause we started practicing years ago. And that's exciting right. to me. Like as much crazy is about to be unleashed in the world. God is still amazing and his promises for us are more true now than they've ever been hallelujah
1: absolutely hallelujah and, so. and then he already told us too that we have the victory you know was it john 6 you know yes there'll be troubles yes there's gonna be crazy but i already won i've already conquered the world so that's the other thing in the midst of those trying times Pretty much why I do. It. Well, he told me this is gonna I still have the victory. So I'm gonna hold on to the fact that I have the victory in this in this season. Yes. For those of us that know God, we still yes. have the victory. So I'm not worried about it. Yes, it's gonna be difficult, but he's preparing us, like you said. Um, we started so many things I started in 2020 when everybody else was shutting down. We started. Um, we started our talk show. We, we started working on a network. So like I said, you and I, I told you, I was going to tell you on the next day. So many things you did is like, we're twins in the spiritual realm because we both did a lot of the same things at the same time, because God pours out his spirit on anybody that's willing. So that just tells me that it's not that I'm special or you're special. We're just willing. And God says, those who are willing and obedient will eat the good of the land. So it's not so much of, I'm not a superstar. We're not superstars. We're just we're just foolish enough to believe God's word, and that's what He will use. He says, "I used the foolish things to confound the wise." So we were foolish enough to believe God's word, and I'm going to keep doing that because that's where the power is.
0: Amen to that. How did you? How did you find the Lord, or how did the Lord find you? I not, mean, maybe that's a I rephrased that question wrong, but I think you know what I'm saying. Like, when 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 was your day of reckoning with the Lord? That you decided that your your life was no longer your own?
1: Well, I wasn't looking for Jesus. I, I, say, I say that a lot of times. I wasn't looking for Jesus. Um, I was a Muslim. Uh until born raised as a nation, race as a Muslims, the the whole nine yards, and yet uh God was looking for me because I was some of the words that I had been prophesying. You know it tells us in the scripture that life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I would always say, as a Muslim, I need to go to heaven. I want to go to paradise. And though I I feel like I'm, you know, you'd read the story of the the man Cornelius that was in the, um, that sent the people to Joppa to to go get Peter off the roof. And they told the man Cornelius that your alms have been heard by Jesus. I was that person because I would, I did live my, I tried to live my life right. I tried to be a good person as a Muslim, but I would always say, that I need to go to heaven. I, I want to be right because it was important to me to go to paradise. But God knew I couldn't get there as a Muslim. He knew I needed Christ to get there. So he kept coming after me and I didn't realize it until a season in my life when I was depressed, suicidal, um, panic attacks, everything. And, you know, God did a miracle in my life, literally a miracle in my life because I was Gideon. Trust me, I was Gideon. I, like, I needed all kind of fleece. I needed fleece covers blankets and pillows to believe in god was you know who he was but he did that miracle that was needed in my life and i accepted jesus christ as my lord and savior in 2010 um november 17 2010 my life hasn't been the same um so I, i i chose him later in life but because i know how much it it how how grateful I am I'm so on fire for Jesus and for his souls because I could have been one of those ones that was lost because those a couple times I almost died and I'm thinking my God thank you for saving me because I would have went to hell
0: mm. you said you were part of the nation of Islam it cut out mm-hmm. when you were talking so that's Louis Farrakhan yeah
1: yep I started out there I was born and raised into the nation of Islam when
0: I like that, dude. Is that crazy? I, I do, him. Too. <laughs> I, do too.
1: I don't agree with what he I, said, but a lot of things he says, I agree with, but a lot of things he says, like the religious part of it, no, I don't agree with, but some of his economic I, mind frame sets, I love it.
0: I mean, his, his views on the government and <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I myself agreeing with about 90% of what he says. And I'm like, Wait a second. Why does everyone hate this guy again? I can't figure it truth out. Truth tellers.
1: Truth tellers. I mean, the part that he talks. To, he doesn't really speak a lot on faith, but he talks a lot about mindsets, and those mm-hmm. things he say are very
0: true. Economics, yeah, mindset. Yeah. I, I haven't really heard anything. I haven't. Yeah. Actually, now that you say that, I've never really heard him talk. I mean, even the way he talks about Jesus is like. Yeah, kind of, I mean, I, I, I listen, I don't know everything he said about Jesus, but I mean, what I've heard from him, I, I've just been baffled with what the problem with him is, because he literally is speaking a very difficult, challenging truth. Yeah, so,
1: he is. He's speaking a very challenging truth.
0: Oof. So what was it like when you left um, the Nation of Islam? Like, did you get a lot of backlash? Were there attacks? Or was it all love? And ex- And just, were they cool?
1: So I left the Nation of Islam around 11. So what happened is that during the oh, Nation okay. of Islam, there was a split that happened in 1977 when the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who was the, um, uh, the person that was running it, died. And his, he left the nation to his son, Wallace D. Muhammad, who since died as well. And he had went to Mecca maybe uh, two years before that and had a pilgrimage for Mecca, which all Muslims are supposed to do. And he, he quote unquote found true Islam. And so when there was a separation in the um in the nation between the two people, um that didn't there was uh God when the separation came, um when the separation came, uh uh the separation came. <laughs> I'm having a person try to talk at me and I'm having a conversation like they don't see me having a oh, conversation. Oh. It's always amazing to me when you're in the middle of a conversation and someone's trying to talk to you. I'm trying <laughs> so to interview no you. <laughs> uh, um so uh, so and I would say so it's a separation. So my family, my parents, my mother and father, they came and they um decided that we were gonna follow true Islam with the Muhammad, and it was a split and brother Mr. Farrakhan and those that wanted to stay the way that we were, they went one way. So we had a split and my family started to practice true Islam, or as I say, as true as a false religion can be. And then so I uh, <laughs> y'all yeah, <I> went there. <laughs> I went there. I was wondering where you're going
0: to go with that, and you went there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love I it.
1: Like, okay. Keep so going. we followed. We, we followed them, and they we followed. It started to follow true Islam. So we started to speak in Arabic, done a lot of our prayers in Arabic. Pray five times a day. Practice. Wow. We always did practice Ramadan, but not the way the Muslims in the East did. And so that's how I grew up. So from like ten. Until I accepted Christ, um, ten years ago, that was my life. I wasn't looking for Jesus, wanted no part of Jesus. Yet Jesus <laughs> found me because He knew that was the only thing that I would have that I could have to get to Him. And so that, and so I, I don't know if you want me to go into my conversion story because He actually. So let me just quickly. Yeah. So share with you. I, yeah. Okay, so um, so during that season of my life, I had everything that the world tells you. I was, you know, successful, making the six figures. You know really you know well known doing my thing as a strong black woman christian me muslim woman yet i was suicidal depressed having anxiety attacks um and was having so much problems uh physically my stomach that i was having um ulcers so big that i couldn't even drink water that's how bad it got and but it was all spiritual i didn't know that at the time and so and i was living um i lived i was working for this corporation. I'm gonna stop mentioning them because I'm not. They're not paying us to mention their name. And I think. <laughs> um, but the young, the, the woman. I always mentioned her name. Her name was Rose. And just like the woman in the in the Bible, that God said you'll always be mentioned um because of what you did for Christ. I always mentioned her because she was the person that her life told me that I wanted something about what she had, and I didn't know what that was, but I found out it was Jesus. And her life was a reflective of Christ. Um, Her life was affected of what Jesus was doing. In her life, I started to call her the Teflon Don. I worked in education. She worked in community and community development. If anybody knows, community development is messy. People are always angry. There's always something going on. There's always some drama in the community. And I was like, if she would say things like, I'm going to just make the enemy my footstool or I'm going to pray for them. So, Joshua, you know me as a Muslim. I'm like, pray. No, I know what you need to do. And she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm gonna pray for them, and then she would pray for things. And Joshua, let me tell you, there was always like this dematerialization of all the drama. She would, and I, I never said anything to her, but I would just watch all this craziness just kind of go away. I, I still don't have words for it, but I understand now when God is on your side, nothing can be against you. So fast forward, she invited me to her church one day, and I, and, and let me tell you something. I've been in many churches over my career because I worked in, you know, a, a lot of public jobs. So it was no big deal. I went because she asked me and I went there and then, and this is something I'll admonish all the Christians in churches and I do it at our own church. They had me fill out an envelope to ask me to have a prayer request. And I did, which I always did whenever I went to church to speak about any program I was bringing to a community. Right. That was the first time somebody called me back and it was the pastor at all them years I've been speaking in churches. No one had ever called me back. No one had ever called me to pray with me. And I got a message. And so that's some an admonishment to us. Like we, t- we asked people to give a prayer request, but then we never reach back out to them. Um, and so they did. Long story short, him and I met a couple of days later. He gave me this book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. Mm, and I'm not that's sure a good before. Point. Hey, I don't have stock in that, Joshua, because I've given so many people that book, told so many about people about that book. I need to be a brand ambassador to that. Well, about two thirds <laughs> of the way through this. about two thirds of the way through that book, I can say that I knew that I needed to see about Christianity. Fast forward, I called my father, I said, daddy, you know, because I was really worried about him, you know, my family, you know, at this point, nobody in my family was Christian, everybody was Muslim. Um, Mm -hmm. He said, daughter, you're going to always be my daughter. So basically, I don't agree with what you're doing, but nothing can make me not love you. Um, but you know, and my father passed about three months ago. But I did get him saved. Um, so anyway, um, I was on my way to a doctor's appointment, maybe about a week later, because I've been having those, like I told you, really bad ulcers. I've been waiting six months to get this appointment with a gastroenterologist. So on my way to the doctor's office, at the time, the windshield wiper on my driver's side wasn't fixed. But I, and I went to the doctor's office, and 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 and, and, and then it broke out in like a monsoon. The rain was coming down like. Even if I had both windshield wipers, I wouldn't have been able to see. But the driver's side Mm -hmm. was messed up. And I had to turn off the road to pull into a mortgage parking lot because I was about to hit somebody. I almost hit a car. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, I need to make it to the doctor's office. I had to wait six months. I'm in so much pain I can't even drink water. And I just remember saying, God, if you're God, stop Mm -hmm. the rain and get me safely to the doctor's office. And the rain immediately stopped. And I don't mean, like, it, it wasn't physically naturally possible for rain to stop that quickly if you'd have seen how much it was coming down. And so I'm freaking out. I'm like, what, the, the rain just stopped. And I look at my windshield wiper, and you know the windshield wiper stuff that they have on your windshield that beads up yeah. the water? As I looked at it, my, my windshield got dry, just all the water left. So I'm pulling out, going to the doctor's office. I'm freaking out. I'm looking around me like, what just happened? What did did the rain just really stop? So about I get into the doctor's office and I pull in and I hear something saying, well, you didn't say whether that was Jesus or Allah. Because I said, God, if you're God. And I believe that Jesus God was Allah. And and, you know, as Christian, we know it's Jesus. So I got into pulled into the parking lot and I said, if this is Jesus, start the rain. If this is Allah, leave it stop. About a second goes by and the rain bursts out again. Like literally burst out again. in my mind since it it took about a second to open back up i thought um, the thought came was this really god and joshua i swear as clear as i'm talking to you the only time i earthly heard the audible voice of god i heard a voice say in my car by myself you asked me for confirmation and still you doubt me and i just started to shout wow yeah and then i just called my friend rose she started screaming i had known that they had been having night vigils. they had been praying for me I went back to the church two days later, my, the pastor was a young white guy who was, I love with all my heart. My very first pastor, Pastor Brian Bennett. Uh, um, and at, two days later, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and savior. And I've been on fire for Christ ever since. That's my salvation story.
0: <laughs> I do I breathe? Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> well, first of all, um, I relate to that in a big way. Um, I didn't, challenge God, I was cursing out God, um screaming at him why he wouldn't fix me. I was in jail it was my sixth time, looking at five years in prison and um put in isolation, told him I had HIV, thinking that it was going to give me special privileges. And uh I mean I really have HIV, but like I thought, really thought that I was gonna I was gonna get special privileges and get to go to like a special medical unit or something like that they put me in a special medical unit all right it's called the psych ward in isolation and all I could do was hear the maddening screams next to me but I couldn't see anybody after the cocaine and the the uh, alcohol wore off the first 24 hours because I mean I was an eight ball or two in and you know bottle tequila just a complete wreck after I sobered up enough to realize where I was really it started to hit me that I'd thrown away every privilege that God had ever blessed me with. And I, mm. you know, my heart is for misfits and outcasts and people who've been shunned from society and never been given a chance. I don't care what color you are, I don't care what your sexuality is. I my, that's where my heart is. The people that struggle with real stuff, drug addiction, sex addiction, chem sex addiction, all of it, identity issues. I get it, mental health issues. My heart is for you. Um, and, but I'm, I'm in that jail cell and I'm realizing that I had wasted every opportunity, everything that i had been blessed with. I just thrown away, go to LA with a million dollars in my bank account and it's gone in eight months and I'm homeless like that kind of stuff. Um, but I started screaming at God, why won't you fix me? Why won't you change me like everybody else? Mm. You have to forgive your father. Mm. How in the beep am I supposed to do that? Right. Still curving God. Because it happened to him too. Mm. Oh, And it, I don't know. I didn't hear from, I've only heard from God audibly one other time. But that moment was supernatural enough. Mm. But in that there was a process of reading the Bible because they wouldn't give me anything else to read. None of it making sense. But mm. It was when I went to the Book of John after reading Genesis and laughing hysterically at it because it made no sense, and then Revelation, which is like being on acid. I was like, "That's a terrible idea reading this in jail." Um, but it was Proverbs that Proverbs that was really helped me become aware of, "Wow, I'm really living wrong," and because I, I even though I knew I was doing wrong, I wasn't really aware of the level of of, of crap that I was doing. Wow but it was reading John that made me really step back and go, this guy loved me that much, Mm. but it took a little bit of time in in that jail cell. But I remember after realizing that I'd wasted so much energy hating my father Mm. and, and I, and I realized that not only had I become like my father, I was worse. Wow. And so, with all of these new realizations and revelations, speaking of revelation, but all of these revelations coming at me, the biggest thing that hit me and hit me like a ton of bricks is that I'd known the calling on my life since the very first time I was molested. God gave me my first vision Mm. of what life would be for me if I chose him. Wow. And so after a lifetime of running, a lifetime of running, and every time something traumatic would happen, God would give me another vision. Wow! Um, and I and I started to realize, you know, throughout my walk with the Lord, that this whole time He's been showing me things I just didn't know. I didn't know what it was. But in my commitment to the Lord, it was like, you know what? I've been trying to do it this my way this whole time, and obviously it's not working. I'm done running. My life is no longer my own. I can't manage my life. Take it. It's yours. And obviously it was a little bit more dramatic and crying and yelling and all that stuff. But I had a moment with the Holy Spirit that the ISIS could be beheading me. You know, like, we're going to behead you if Mm -hmm. you don't denounce Jesus. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. (laughs) That moment with the Holy Spirit, when I said, take my life, it's yours. My life is no longer my own. The Holy Spirit dropped in on me knocked me on my butt and lifted me up. Like it was like the split second thing, but it was so supernatural Mm -hmm. that there was no way that I could deny it. In my relationship with the Lord since, I mean, I ended up getting out of jail four days later, five days later and uh, got out of jail and my walk, literally I've been able to see almost a blessing every single day. I've been able to see, a miracle almost every single day. Like the Lord has had me walk in the supernatural for so long that now it all makes sense. But it yeah. took something supernatural like that to be able to shake loose the control, mm-hmm. all of the demons that I had allowed to take over my body. And that's what I know about Jesus. Like that's what I, it's a supernatural existence that we get to live if we choose him And so many people get lost in the religious crap about Jesus that they don't even know who He really is, and it breaks my heart. I know more Muslims that have, whether they are have converted to Christianity or they're still active Muslims, that know more about Jesus than most of the Christians I know, and it's mind blowing to me. God, it's I just want I wish everybody could see it the way that you described it for you. And how Jesus chased you down, like you can't outrun God. <laughs> My goodness, it's, and He's so lovely. so lovely. So
1: He loves us. He loves us. He loves Muslims. He loves Buddhists. Why? Because He created all of us. And all like yeah. any parent, I don't care how far your children go. For most parents, I won't say any, but most parents, no matter how far you still love them, you still want them to have the best. So I said, I said, I wasn't looking for Jesus, but Jesus knew the very thing that I was looking for, though it wasn't Him. It what I needed Him. And he gave me him because he loves me. And that love yeah. is what, what sustains me in so many times in my life.
0: Yeah, that love is the grace that comes from it. Right. Um, the gentle correction. The part yeah. that I the part that I love the most though, I actually want your thoughts on this too we get perfection kind of beaten into us at church, but really the relationship with Jesus is, I know you're gonna mess up, but if you repent, if you confess it and you repent, I'll use it for my purposes. I'll take that relapse. I'll take that, you know, <laughs> the, the spurt of anger where you lashed out at somebody, I'll take that and I'm gonna use it for something good. And that's and that, that's why I love hearing people's testimonies, because they're all so unique and so special. And no Muslim converting to Christianity story is the same. Yours Never. is completely okay. different than the other ones I've heard. Mm-hmm. But it's so powerful. And the thing is, even though I'm already set free, the people that are watching this, because we do have a lot of Muslims that watch this program, I don't know why, but they do. <laughs> You're <They laughs> welcome. But, but like, it's, it's so awesome because your story and everyone's testimony out there is meant for someone else. Right. Because We get to help set each other free. And that's one of my favorite things about Jesus is he takes all the crap and turns it into something beautiful. It's awesome. There's no other God right. in history that's been created by a man that does that.
1: The only man that died arose again. There's no, no other God <laughs> like Christ. And what I love about what you just said is that what well, well, so many people have this issue with people that have messed up or came from another place. Because I've been a, 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 a Christian all my life and God doesn't use me. Why? Because <laughs> it's like the word says, when the prodigal son, like he told the son that was there, you always got me. You've always had me, but we put God in this box. So it takes mm-hmm. people who have been forgiven much to be able to be used. That's what God said. I use the foolish things to confound the wise, the people that look foolish in his eyes. You've been saved your whole life, yet, somebody has been saved a short time as I be. Have evangelized and got so many people led to Christ. Why? Because I trust God's word. I don't I don't have a religion to trust into. I have a relationship with Jesus. And anybody mm. that wants to have a relationship with Him, those are the people He can use. I always tell people, I'm not a superstar. It's because I'm willing and obedient. It's obedience. Mm. What religion does is it, it causes the obedience piece to be at the low front and about the knowledge of him, but you don't have obedience to him. We all want a savior, but we don't want a Lord. Savior saves you, but you don't want a Lord because the Lord tells you what to do. And he tells you what to do through his word. So we all want the savior, but nobody wants a Lord. But if you have a Lord over your life, then you are obedient to that Lord, which is his word. And then he was able to use you because you lay down your agenda and pick up his and what he can do to somebody who has laid down their agenda. Um, I'm always saying that for God to use you, it's the only thing you have to be is willing. God is always looking for it. His word tells you, I, I look to and fro looking for somebody to pour my spirit on. It's just willingness. It's just it's just that simple obedience that, look, Holy Spirit, I'm going to follow you. It don't make sense. Nobody's going to believe me. They're going to think I'm crazy. We started our, mm-hmm. uh, our first talk show back in Ju- July 7th in the height of the pandemic it was the most foolish thing to get. You guys are all on stage at the same time. People are gonna think you're gonna be, you're not using the 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 social distancing. We are starting a television network, you know, everything we're doing is so counter to what people tell you to do. Yet God said, do it. And God is not uh, a, a, a time God, he's an eternity. So for him, it's already done. We just have yeah. to walk it.
0: So you and I took similar paths. <clears throat> we formed we were actually, I wasn't living in Minnesota yet, um, <clears throat> but I was here visiting. The The, the riots happened here in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I was convinced I'm moving back to Los Angeles, and I'm watching these riots go on, and, I mean, I, we were in, in Bloomington at a, a hotel. I could see downtown. I could see it on fire. I was like, oh, my wow. gosh. Um, and... And I felt in my spirit, like, I'm not going anywhere. But I was resistant because, one, it gets really cold in Minnesota. And two, L.A. is way sexier than Minnesota. <laughs> so I'm, like, oh, I'm arguing with God again about where he's sending me. Because I didn't want to go back to Oklahoma, but he, I went there because that's what he asked me to do. And here it is, I'm in Minnesota. So we go out and we take some food to some of the the National Guard and some of the different people that are volunteering to help, you know, kind of keep things a little bit calm. And um, then I just knew, like, you're staying here. And I looked at my now wife and said, all right, I'm going to stay, but we're moving downtown and um, got to move. But in that same time frame, I heard God say it was after I said that I would stay here. And I agreed, I go, okay, God. Then I heard him say the word go. And for some reason, it's funny about God. He can only, he'll say one thing to us. And yet it means paragraphs. It means it's a novel. (laughs) It's One word is so much. And so for me, that was everything I've been able to learn in the world of entertainment and media Needs to be packaged, turned into a nonprofit organization, and and you're going to create a program within this foundation called Voices for the Voiceless, and it was to basically it was the whole platform was to teach media literacy skills to inner city youth, um, to people that have records like myself, and to give these services away because people need to hear real truthful voices about what's really happening in the world. Nothing glamorized. We need truth. And, um, and then also thinking about just through my history about what I've experienced when I was traveling as a speaker and hearing stories about what it's like for the inner city youth just to get to school or their own communities when they want to rise above, but their own community holds them down because they say, who do you think you're going to, who do you think you are wanting to be a teacher or a cop Mm -hmm. or a, a doctor or you know or an entertainer or whatever it may be so he when he said go it meant millions of different things to us but Mm -hmm. in obedience, we formed the company and i kid you not it took in a week we got hired to make a movie um and we got gifted the technology to start our own network and all of these things happened because of an act of obedience and a step in faith so everything you're talking about That happened right at the beginning, before COVID went into full swing, before all the crazy. And it's just, and it's awesome. And what you're talking about, too, like you're forming a network. That network for you is not going to be just the network. Like what you're doing is you're stepping into the future of what media is going to be because you're ahead of the game. I've been telling people for two years this and not enough people are listening. I'm so happy that you're already doing it. We're all going to be media organizations moving forward. I don't care if you're an attorney, you're uh, if you're a doctor, if you're a teacher, you are going to have to operate as a media organization first because that's the only way to stay ahead of AI. Wow! Because so if you know media, think about it. You know this. If you know media, everything's monetizable. Even if you want to be a basket weaver. <laughs> If you know media, you can monetize that. Right. But think about right. the generational cycles. Like you get to play a role in this. The generational cycles that'll be broken because now you can go. It's harder for me um, as a yeah. white guy, but you, with your company, you have this ability now to be, to, to 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 teach and to elevate other voices that need to be heard. Like what a cool opportunity. Because now all of a sudden, Not everybody wants to go to college, and I frankly wouldn't want to send my kid to college in this day and age anyway. The stuff that they're teaching, and it's not real education, it's memorization. But with media, you can take your intellectual property, or your life experiences, and use it for something good. And it's so cool. So I love hearing that you're doing that. What are some of your goals with your network and all of the things that you're doing?
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm like, okay, I need to sit at your feet a little bit more than just talk, y'all. Uh, clearly, you have some wisdom that I need to glean, and I'm always looking for truth tellers. So, No Walls Television TV is what it's called um, No Walls TV. And I've always been an artist, a creative, even though I worked cool. in a professional career. I made like seven movies, uh, was invited to Sundance Director's Camp, did the whole really? like filmmaking thing. Um, in in television and you you know but i was was as a as a non-believer and so you know god gave me this vision for this 10 years ago and it's just now manifesting you know how uh, because i just didn't understand the things i needed but no walls television it entertains educates makes you laugh and inform and so it's really for christian creatives Uh, i wanted to create a platform for people that had sitcoms television shows cooking shows talk shows to have a platform where they can have Christian-developed content, we'll have some sermons, maybe my church, but we have many platforms that have sermons on. Them. That's not what No Walls is TV is for. I'm looking for Christian creators who have been told that their content can either go either go on YouTube or nobody can see it. So we'll be like you walk Roku, Amazon Fire, but we're also on on, on um, OTA over-the-air channels in Atlanta. We'll be on Atlanta, uh, one in California. Uh, Texas and D.C., and we're, you know, wanting to get on across all of them, you know, around the country, um, different over-the-air channels that are with broadcasters to broadcast our network. And the goal mm-hmm. is to find Christian content, family-oriented content, family-value content that we can put on a network. I'm looking for content creators. So that was my goal. To let me I always tell my my life as a Christian is lit. My life is lit.
0: We're <laughs> <Christians> not, <laughs>
1: not homophobes and we're not racist. We are creative geniuses and we have the spirit of the Lord with us so why Good. should we have subpar um or nothing that relates to what we want to see now we have christian movies very few christian sitcoms talk shows um fruit kit comedy all that is what we're wanting to provide the platform we're starting of course we're starting off where we're at we're small now but the goal is to grow and grow and grow so then when people grow up that are raised in the church and know god they want to create this cool sitcom we're going to have cartoons with christian superheroes you know, you have a place to put your work. So my job is to p- create a platform for other people to shine as a Christian content creator.
0: That's so cool. And, you know, the the level of entry or the barrier to entry is less than it's ever been. I mean, you don't need big giant towers to have a media organization now. I mean, the technology, what? literally, if you have a laptop, you can run a media organization all over the world. And that's including TV. Streaming right. TV, podcast, all of it. Um, so it's really exciting, and I love that you're doing that. We, um, With our network, we are going for more of the edgy style of content, like our movie, The Devil Inside Me, and the book that we wrote, is, which is my testimony, um, is we're drawn to more of that shocking, shock style of content that's not, they're not going to show it. If, if they ever showed our film in church, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> it's, it, but it's not going so for the conversion.
1: of Christianity.
0: Yeah, I'm a shock rock evangelist. If I if, if yeah. I was going <laughs> to be labeled for anything, I'll pick that one. Um, I, I embrace that. But it's not shocking to be shocking. It's just the truth is shocking. The truth is right. shocking enough on its own because right. no one freaking tells it right especially freaking preachers like i look i want to be perfect i really do (laughs) i want to be flawless in everything i do and but i'm not and i'm never going to be and that's okay but i'm trying to be that said i'm so grateful For my, I went on this month, after giving my life to the Lord, I, you know, was in my walk, in my journey, but I got frustrated and got impatient. I got my heart broken, had everything taken away. Long story. But, you know, look, right when we give our life to Jesus, it doesn't mean all everything's fixed, especially after the spiritual fire wears off. Still was in a toxic relationship. You know, two of the times that we went to jail, two of the the six times I went to jail were for fighting with my, my girlfriend at the time. Well, even after getting out of jail, we went right back to living together and being back in the same relationship. And here it is. I'm doing the work, trying to change and and be the man that God created me to be. And she's not. But I was codependent and I couldn't leave the relationship. She, it, it, So it's not perfect. So those of you that are new believers, don't beat yourself up when you no. screw up. Yeah. So anyway, back to my meth relapse. I end up losing it. I get frustrated. I don't care anymore, and I'm just like, I'm done. So I just go in this meth bench, start doing all the same bad, evil crap that I was doing before. And I remember the fourth day that in this in this meth bench, I mean, just the worst, awful. I don't even want to. I don't even want to say out loud the things that I was doing, um, even though I have said it publicly before. The it was so bad, and I'm on my phone. And I'm looking at my phone and I'm looking, I'm on apps. I'm looking for drugs and sex because that's what I did on there. And then all of a sudden I can see God drop to the corner of my eye and I can just feel his presence right there. And I'm afraid to look at him. So I'm looking straight ahead. Like I'm looking at you, but I can see him. He goes, put that down. I'm not done with you yet. This is going to (sighs) suck. But I'm not done with you yet. You're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world. You're getting rid of your talk show. I had a talk show called Morning Gratitude at the time. And he said, you're going to put a spotlight on your shadow world, and you're going to show people the supernatural power of truth. You don't get the luxury of having secrets anymore. You're going to tell everything in real time. And it went on and on. Mm -hmm. That said, he gave me the name for this show, which is Gratitude Unfiltered. And he gave me the path and how you're gonna do it. Let me tell you, it was one of the most freeing things because I developed this discipline of confessing my sin publicly. And he gave me this analogy, and I I would actually like your opinion about this because you being on camera, you being, you know, you're gonna, your star is rising, so to speak. And, but I want your opinion on this. He said to me, he goes, How would you like $250 million in the bank? And I'm like, well, yeah, of course I do. Yeah, we both (laughs) will. How are you going to feel about writing $15 million checks to make people be quiet and not tell your secrets? And he gave me this visual of Charlie Sheen because right at the same time, he'd gotten busted. Um, You know, he was cheating and all the prostitutes and the HIV and all that stuff and the drug use tiger's blood he goes do you want to write 15 million dollar checks to shut people up or would you rather just level everything out build a brand new foundation built on truth because i was a chronic liar build a foundation on truth but build something that no one can knock down
1: hey come on jesus
0: that was almost four years ago and oh my gosh Mm. I I have chills in my legs right now as I'm saying this it It has made me fearless it's made me bold it's made me not really care that much what people think but at the same time the most important part of it I've learned what grace really is I've learned what forgiveness really is and I've learned just how amazing God's love is and it is not some It's not a mythical fairy tale, it's real and you can feel it and you know when he's proud of you and you know when you're on the right path. It's the most rewarding relationship I've ever had in my life and I am so grateful that the one thing I've been obedient to is instant repentance (laughs) because it has dramatically changed my walk. And I wish, segwaying back to why I started saying all this, I wish other pastors and preachers and evangelists would take this on because here's what I know. Just because you give your life to the Lord, it doesn't mean the devil is not is not done trying to attack you. And so all your old stuff, all your addictions, maybe you you know you were you. Well, I did it all, <laughs> so I don't need to go into the example. I can't even think of an example right now because I did so many bad things and they were all evil too. That said, I still to this day struggle with the the desires to do some of those things because you know, sometimes the devil messes with your brain. Right. And, and so even though I've been able to walk a, a pretty straight line for a while now, if it wasn't for his grace, and if it wasn't for the times that I have messed up being able to confess it publicly and God use it for good, I would not be where I was at. And I wish other pastors would do that because what we're heading into right now In this, the the falling away, the great falling away that is going to prelude to the great deception is that this falling away is going to come from everyone's favorite pastors getting exposed for doing things that they should not be doing. But however, it would never have gotten to that point if they could have just been honest on stage to begin with saying, this is a real struggle for me. I'm not perfect here. I struggle with this. And there's no, nothing wrong with a man of faith or a pastor or a preacher or an evangelist or any person in a leadership position in the, in, in, in the, in the church world, for instance, being able to confess their sins publicly. There should be no problem with it, but they're afraid that it's going to hurt their pocketbook. But that ain't Jesus. And it's so upsetting to me because so many people are going to be hurt by it. And yet you have truth tellers like yourself, even me, and I'm not perfect. But willing to do that, like, like this is this matters. Like people need to know the truth because ultimately, not to steal something from the Bible here, but it does set you free, and it sets other people around you free. It matters. Your testimony matters. Your truth matters, and your confession matters. Sorry, done preaching.
1: No, 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 preach, preach, preach on, brother,
0: preach <laughs> no, on. I'm done. Enough. I promise, I'm done but I am something I'm very passionate about because I know it makes a difference. It's uncomfortable, but it makes a difference and it's needed.
1: It's so many things you've said that just, first of all, brother Joshua, thank you. Cause Mm -hmm. you just freed me of some things that I've been holding in. (sighs) Wow. You just you just gave me some freedom that I needed because it was an area that was holding me back in some things that God has called me to do. Cause some mistakes I made that I was still trying to hide. So I'm going to, if you don't mind, take a moment to publicly say them, even on your show. Yes, ma'am. So a few years back, I was doing, you know, I've been having some successful business opportunities and. Get went to this place that I was doing this self sabotage, and I did got some You know, people had hired me to do some services, and though some of them I was able to pay back, I was in the depression, wasn't doing the services, just couldn't make myself do the work. And so, I uh, some people I owed some money, and I had to pay it back, and some people I've gotten into, some people I haven't. It was only a couple of people. However, because I did that, it has been um, it's, it's been holding me back from as if I'm this bad person when I know I know I know why I did it after you spend the money, you can't bring it back because but you have to make it. And I only did this for a couple of people, but because I did it, I've been so ashamed of it, even though I paid one of the people back, and it was only a few hundred dollars here and there, but because I did it, it made me so afraid to be truthful in my new business that it it had me, just like I just stopped showing up because I was embarrassed and humiliated. And thank you, Brother Joshua. I'm saying this publicly. The people who know that I, I've been working with them have t- taken care of it, have owned up to it. But I was so ashamed. And you just gave me the freedom because I kept feeling like, oh, somebody's gonna call me out on that. I didn't didn't do all this stuff right. I, I didn't make I didn't make everything right. And what you just did was allow me the it got to here's my chance. For some people, may like, oh, no big deal, because people do stupid stuff all the time. But for me, it was holding me back from really feeling like I could move forward because I kept beating myself up because nobody knows why you kind of dropped off. They don't know that you didn't do everything right.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and thank you. Because the reality is, is what what, we're, what God is using us to build, we have to not, I hate to use a rapper, but I'll use Eminem. When he won his
0: first battle <laughs> rap. I got two balls back and, here, so
1: oh i love to Get him he's his first battle rap he talked it the reason he won if you saw his movie because he said i know they're going to try to come against me and how poor i am and everything that i did wrong but i'm going to use that in my battle rap so you won't have anything to hit me with and that's what he did and that's how he run his battle rap well devil i just run my battle rap because now you ain't got nothing to hold against me because i just told the truth hallelujah
0: Oh man, that's cool. I had chills all over me.
1: Sorry to use your platform to come truth, but hey, you look, you you've given me the courage to do it. Thank you. That
0: that's actually what this platform is. It's my it's my therapy, but it's it's meant. I genuinely mean this. I take pride in the fact that people will share things here that they will share nowhere else. And I, and that is God. Um, and I'm grateful for that because it, it that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy you did that. And, and you know, and here's the thing that gives me more courage to be even more bold. And I confess everything. I mean, I really genuinely do, I don't hide it. Um, but I, I learned that, look, if you let other people put the light on your shadow world, then it becomes a weapon against you. But when you take that light and you go, guess what? Now all of a sudden, not only have you taken the power, you've taken any of the bullets from the enemy away, but now you've given it to God, you're trusting God with it to use it in a way, you get the opportunity to be the one that confesses, but it not only sets you free, it sets other people free or it inspires others to keep going. So this is how it works and this is the beautiful thing. And not everybody has to confess it publicly. It's not about that, but being able to confess it to someone that, you know, is it, I personally believe in confessing it publicly, but not everybody does. That said, what you've just done, not only inspire people that may be looking at Jesus, Not only maybe people that have, you know, that are new in their faith. You just set an example for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of of people out there. So God bless you for that. Thank you. And it inspired me. Because. Thank you for the platform. Do what?
1: I said, thank you for the platform and the freedom and your truth and allowing me to say that because literally I feel like a ton of bricks just came off of me. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I just, I I believe that God is going to bless you. Um, and I don't know what that blessing looks like, but I'm telling you, he loves it when we give this stuff to him because he uses it in ways. I never thought God would use my meth relapse the way that he has. I would never, ever have thought about it. And you know what? Speaking of all of that, I mean, just going back to it, I think about, I haven't completely, um, healed or come out of my sexual identity issues i mean i'm not healed fully from having did yet but i'm getting there it's a healing process but i know that god is with me and i know that god's using it and i know that god is healing all of it but until it's fully healed i also love the fact that i know i can trust him by saying i still struggle with these things i still do i still have these." I don't have a healthy relationship with sex yet. It's getting better, mm-hmm. but it's not the way that I want it. I don't believe it's the way God designed it, but you know what? I'm going to talk about it because I know I'm not the only one. I know there's men of God and right. preachers and women of God that battle with these same desires that I do, and I know they're not right, but you know what? Right. I, I'm right. going to talk about it because I know God right. will heal it. And I wish we could just talk about it. There's a way to be able to open up with each other. And, you know, not, not everybody's honest with their, their their taxes and the way that they do business. And they cut corners here and there. And But being able just to talk about those things, and I'm not justifying any of, it, any of the sin. I'm not justifying any sin. No. But there is something no. special about being able to confess it to somebody because it has a way of healing and the process. And healing... When our heart is healed, we become very, very powerful, powerful weapons for God.
1: And what I just heard in my spirit, we were saying that not to define ourselves by our mistakes. And and the enemy is really good at trying to make you define yourself by your mistakes. You could have done a million good things, but the mistakes you've made, he'll make your whole life. And unfortunately, sometimes as Christians, people try to define you by your mistakes and look over everything that you've been doing right. And, you know, and so what we have to do is take the power like, like I just did and like you've done and like, like you've been using your truth to help some free us from allowing our mistakes that we made to define us when we know we're not our mistakes. You know, I'm not my mistakes, I'm who Jesus said I am. And that is uh, so wonderful and he made the righteousness of God in Christ, a holy temple, a king and a priest. That's who I am, regardless of the mistakes that I've made.
0: Praise God, that's so good. Krima. you are an absolute blessing. Um, I'm so grateful that you came on today. Um, I look forward to speaking to you again. Anything I can ever be of support to you, let me know. Um, as soon as this broadcast is over, we create a media kit. So audience that's listening right now, if you want to find Krima and what she's up to, uh, you'll be able to find all of her links to her website, to her show, to all the stuff that she's doing. Uh, you'll be able to find that on our media kit, which will be published at LibMonoWorldwide.org um, and IMDB and everywhere else. So um, you guys check her out, what she's doing, support her. She's up to a good, 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 awesome thing. And um, it's just been a real honor. God bless you, thank you.
1: God bless you too, Joshua. And God bless you for everything that you're doing. God bless your true, God bless the, the, the spirit of obedience that you have exhibited. And continue to be the, you know, the uh, the edgy, you know, sword <laughs> swinging shock jock of the church because we need you. We desperately need you and we desperately need more people like you, because when the true church frees themselves then the enemy has no more power over us.
0: Mm, so good. God bless you, Karima. I'll see you soon.
1: All right. See you soon.
0: Bye bye. God bless you. Bye. Man, she's so cool. So, okay, here's the deal. I didn't play music last episode. We're going to play music now. Uh, I'm going to DJ a little bit. and um, But she was incredible. I highly recommend you guys um, check her out. Again, you can go to livemodelworldwide.org, and you'll be able to find all of her information there. And, um, you know, this was, this was cool. I could have talked to her for four hours because there's really a lot to uncover uh, there. So maybe we'll just have her back on. Maybe we should do that. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back after this. all right you guys god bless you we'll be back next time take care